little yachty. Okay, I'm so glad that I also just started recording to this. What happened to Lil Yachty yeah. is he said that rap is crap and he wants to try making real music and he made one of the worst albums I've ever heard that's like a fucking Pink Floyd, Tame Impala, ripoff, psych rock, piece of dog shit album called Let's Start Here, I think, that came out in like, it, I think it came out like the last week of january of this year which is a great uh, yeah. time that great albums always come yeah. out and just you know the exact same people who you thought would say this were like whoa it's kind of awesome that little yachty stopped making crap music and started making real music right it's like come on brother this shit sucks uh here's the thing about little yachty I, cold like Minnesota. i liked him just fine when he was yeah. making rap music but let's not act like he ever made good music like that he was the, the thing walk. about him, right? Like he, we accepted yeah. him as the bad rapper. It was like, yeah, he's fun. He took the walk to Poland. He made the funny songs. I mean, he was on that uh, Dram song, Broccoli, and that song's yeah. very good. Great song. Yeah, and yeah. you know what? It's his verse that is the best part. Uh, put put my dick up in her pussy, but she feel it in her toes. That's a great line. He he, he wrote the line. Uh... Is it is. Did he write my new bitch yellow? She suck on the dick like the cello, <laughs> or did she? Or did he write? Um, you cannot say my new bitch yellow. I know you can't say uh, that's. There... That, I'm pretty sure that's a Rivers Cuomo line off Pinkerton. <laughs> Cloud stop. Um, there's also a Squidward line I was trying to think of. I'm pretty sure that one's definitely it, because uh, there's a funny. You don't suck on a cello. It's a yeah, reed instrument, blow. obviously, yeah, you so you blow. blow. Are there any instruments you suck on? I don't I don't think so. I guess I, I so. guess if you play when you play a blade of grass, like in Ricky O, the story of yeah. Ricky. I can't do or, that. Or no, that was a leaf. Never... I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, Big leaf. Or do you blow with the blade Hit... of grass? I can't remember. Hidden leaf. Village Naruto. Right. I guess you would blow there because, like, it would be the it's similar to a cello. It's the expulsion of air that creates the sound. If you were sucking it inwards, it wouldn't make any sound. That's right. I don't know how these things work. Uh, are we ready? What do you want? Yeah, I'm ready. Are we keeping all this I'm in? Trying to. I don't know. I got Cloud right here. I'm trying to keep him calm. Just have one hand on his head to keep. Can you? Oh, you can see his little tail right here. What's up, Cloud? There he is. We took a big long, big long walk today, so yeah. he should be tired. But he just came from downstairs because he heard me talking, and he said, "I know what the fuck time it is." <laughs> Uncle Blake's on screen. Let me see him. That's right. No, he's not actually looking at you. <laughs> he's like staring off into the ether. <laughs> What's up, Cloud Mouser? Talk about a demon lover. Hardly know. That's me because I love this fucking dog, and he's a demon. Oh my lord! Look at this man. No, stop it. He like I he never ever does this except when I'm sitting here talking to you. Get the fuck out of here. Go on. Beat it. Be gone. <laughs> I'm so I'm so sick of this. Hey, no. Dear, li no. dear listener, AJ is getting the shit kicked out of him by his dog right now. Sit. Dude, the other day we we've been working on uh we've been training we've been doing training this weekend. Mm-hmm. And we've been we've been working on drop it, leave it. Ooh. Which Cloud's had a really tough time with. But the other night, like late at night, we were doing some drop and leave it. And he he finally like mastered it. He finally got it. 
and we did several rounds of drop it leave it so he would he would bring me a toy i'd tell him drop yeah. it he put it on the ground i'd tell him leave it he would so he wouldn't touch it he'd back away right. from it and then i'd get it throw it for him we'd do another round of drop it leave it um and then after we did that i was like you know telling him how good he was and how proud of him and stuff i was and i think he was just so he was so proud of himself and so impressed that he mastered drop it leave it that he just started running laps for like 30 <laughs> minutes and wouldn't stop he was just like holy shit i'm so good that man is gonna hey. demolish whatever tiny apartment we he, we let him loose in in november yeah. hey sit good boy good boy hey well, back on the couch <laughs> sit He's whooping AJ's ass Good. right now, dear listener. Good boy. He's whooping hey. his ass. And to, to be clear, a Cloud is whooping AJ's ass. AJ is not whooping Cloud's ass. That would be very problematic. But Cloud is whooping. Well, right now, Cloud's actually being very good, but you can see in his face that he hates being good. <laughs> he wants He is to. finally he staying, good. but he's so mad. <laughs> oh, he's so pissed. We don't do that. We don't do that. Hey, I know. I know. I know. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that's five minutes. All right. What's up? <laughs> What's up, nerd? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, welcome back to Region Free. It's been a minute. How are we doing? AJ, do you have co- still have COVID? Uh, I feel great, to be but honest. But do you have COVID? No. Okay. You, you guys... I'm alive. Okay, here's the thing. You had COVID. My dad currently has COVID. I hate, I hate to push up my glasses up my nose on y'all. It's back. Where, it never went away. Wear your goddamn mask, brother. I'm about to be living with you. That's you're right. gonna be COVID because you're out there kissing sidewalks. <laughs> so I've never COVID. done that. I've never done that, and I never would do that. Uh, we, we're some we're some busted boys. I had a bug stuck in my eyeball today. I had to go to the fucking immediate <laughs> that's care. Look, we're gonna be talking about a movie that's got some disturbing content in it, um, mm-hmm. but nothing quite as as harrowing as having a bug stuck on the inside of your eyelid that's actually not true at all a lot of what happens in this movie would be more honestly than I think okay what you went through this i've afternoon. spent a lot of time at the doctor in my life that's right i've, I've had parts of my body amputated you know that's i've crazy. been pumped full of drugs you couldn't even pronounce because i don't even remember i know that one was like bleomycin who knows what the others were Pulling my eyelid back and seeing a bug in there was one of the more harrowing moments of my life. And then before I had made the decision to go to the immediate care when I was like, let me get this out. And I'm having to accept the fact I'm going to be just touching in there with uh, my finger, which I I wash my hands, of course, Uh, a, a rag that I wet and was just putting in there and moving it around was awful. And then I went to the damn immediate care, and I was like, they're going to get me figured out. It's going to be fine. Because I one time cut my lens, and I went to the immediate care, and I was in and out two minutes. They just put some shit in Your the lens. Lens? The, like, lens of my eye or whatever, the the, the thing. Ugh. I, like, cut that one time. I went to the immediate care. They just put some shit in my eye, and they're like, you're good. I, so I went today, and I was like, I'm going to be fine. It's not going to be a big deal. And the lady was like, all right, let me just get this out. And she's like, huh. It's stuck. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm here yeah. for the long haul. 
if I've got a bug in my eye, there's two words I don't want to hear. Yeah, dude. And so I had, and that's it's stuff. Yeah, I had to go. They had an eye wash station that was just like uh, Niagara Falls in reverse. It looked like, and they're like, stick your face in there. <laughs> what i'm gonna go blind and they're like no just stick your fucking face in there so i did that still wouldn't come out finally i went back in the room they're like hey we're probably gonna have to numb your eye and use uh you can google this at home alligator feet instrument it's a medical (laughs) instrument they're like we're gonna have to use these and i was like those look like scissors i'm about to go blind and they're like yeah the problem with numbing your eyes we won't know if we're hurting you and they're like, before we do that, we're going to try some eye drops one more time. And I was like, all right. So they like stick some eye drops in there. And then this lady came over with a huge syringe, not with a needle on it, with a spout on it. But, you know, to like get a good amount of just flow in there. And she shot it into my eye and the bug popped out. And we were all like, ah. And then the nurses were like, do you want to keep it? And I was like, you, you are out of your fucking mind. But I do want to take a picture of it. I made them hold it for me, the gnat. <laughs> and we were all like, damn, that's a fucking gnat. Anyway. It's a little guy. Yeah, and now my eye's all inflamed. I had to go get an ointment. And I'll have to peel back my eye. I hate that I'll have shit. to peel back my eyelid later and apply an ointment to my eyeball. There's no eye stuff in this movie, but there's a lot of other no, stuff. No, but you know, famously, one of the famous early movie moments, Un Andalu, by Salvador Dali and another guy no one remembers, opens with a woman getting her eye slit open, and they show it. It's, of course, a goat's eye. It cuts, and it's a goat's eye. But they, oh, they cut it clever. open, and you see the goo coming out of the eyeball. It's fucking gnarly. You ever seen that movie? No. really recommend it it's like I'm, I'm, it's like a short film it's real it's like yeah. 10 15 minutes but it opens with if, an if eyeball you, being cut open i'm more of a fan of uh dolly's work that doesn't move the flat stuff i'm just a fan of the man in general like i think painting. he goes yeah, hard. everything he did i don't know much about him uh i just kind of take it on principle now that all those guys at least weren't good weren't great there's no one who was like a kind of famous uh, artiste of the of the time who's like a, a morally upstanding citizen. Okay, so this is a little after Dolly, but I, re- I read last year, I read uh, Please Kill Me, the unabridged oral history right. of punk by like Legs McNeil and one other author. I don't remember who the other author was. And like, it made me hate just a lot of people that I used to really <laughs> love. Like Iggy Pop right. sounded terrible. Lou Reed sounds like the worst dude of all time. Did not know one of those Ramones were so right wing. Uh Pooh Reed. Andy Warhol, on the other hand, the only dude unscathed in that book. Everyone was like, he's pretty <laughs> weird, but like he was chill. Please don't kill me. Yeah, but yeah, well, they, yeah, he got shot, and that's when he apparently got really weird. Yeah. But like everyone in the book is like, yeah, he's a weirdo, but he was he was cool. <laughs> you ever seen his? Uh, you ever seen him eating Burger King? No. That rocks. They had it at the, uh, not the MoMA, the Whitney one Andy time Warhol when I went there. Eating Burger King. It's like thirty-five minutes of him just eating a burger. Oh, that's cool. Pretty neat. When we were, which when we were in North Carolina, hanging out, I saw my first Warhols. It was awesome. There was mm-hmm. there's a print of the Marilyn Monroe thing, which I assume there are a lot of, and then because um, they were silk printed, right, or screen printed. But then uh, a bunch of his like personal photography was there, and none of it was very good, but it was cool to see. 
Yeah. Anyway, you want to talk about fucking Demon Lover? <laughs> Speaking of art, today we're talking about Olivier Isaias's 2001? Pre-9-11. I don't know if that's true. 2002, post-9-11. Probably filmed pre-9-11. Yeah. Uh, Olivier Isaias's Demon Lover. Lover de Demon. I've looked up because he's French. Live on the pod, AJ Moser's letterbox score. I thought you were gonna like this That's movie right. more. I'm shocked to see me, you only scored it half a star higher than me. Can I That's set right. the mood for the pod? Sure. Go I for have it. no big beef with this movie. Ladies and gentlemen, I gave it two and a half stars on letterbox. I have no big beef with this movie. I don't dislike it. It just truly was nothing to me. It just washed over me. I was like, I get it, I understand what it's saying. And then it was over, and I was like, all right, <laughs> that was it. It was a bizarre experience, because on paper, it feels like it has all the elements I would love. Yeah. It has now Omori, who plays Ichi and Ichi the Killer. It has <laughs> hentai, <laughs> quite an extended scene of hentai. Chloe Sevigny, and uh, as dirty as I'll get out, and it shows Bungie seminal game Oni. Published by Rockstar and Gathering of Developers. It's like, and, and Soulfly has a cameo in this film. It's like, what more could I need? Oh, yeah. And truly did not give a shit about this movie. The, the ideas that are humming sure. in the background and informing Demon Lover on paper make it sound like, yeah. to me, the coolest fucking yep. movie that would ever exist. Something radical, exciting, invigorating. And all of those elements are wrapped up in with what I hate to admit is a pretty generic, mm-hmm. if not convoluted, mm-hmm. neo-noir plot that confused me, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Really kind of lost me for a while. Oh, a weirdly paced movie. Mm-hmm. The, the moments where it's cooking are great. There are a yep. couple of really key standout scenes, and I think... The issues that I had with this were a lot more in the connective tissue, uh, bridging those really neat ideas and all of the corporate subterfuge. Mm-hmm. I think the early 2000s-ness of it also perhaps contributes to that. It probably plays different in a lot of ways uh, 20 years ago when it comes sure. out than it does now. Because I think you know this film kind of recently just had its big 20-year anniversary and was essentially reclaimed. Uh, restored by the Film Center, Film Society of Lincoln Center, excuse me, um, during COVID, I believe, mm-hmm. like came to their virtual cinema in its first uh, 4K restoration, and that is now streaming on the Criterion Channel, which you know looks really great. Yeah. I, I highly recommend watching this movie just to get the experience of watching it. Um, the performances are great, the costumes are all great, the music is tremendous, and. To see the early 2000s aesthetics of web pages and specifically that late 90s style of anime, I just love that shit. Oh, now, dude. The, the way the hentai the scene stuff that, rules, the stuff that you're shown in this movie, I can't morally condone that, but, it's just but no, the style is normal as hentai. <laughs> Fucking you, prude, grow up. <laughs> it's it's wild. Well, it's it's wild. Uh, it's very wild what they show you in this movie. Um, yeah, it, again, you know, it's it's of such a time and place. Like, this is just classic late 90s, early 2000s technophobia type films. 
which like you know age pretty poorly to be honest but i think like the film is pitching you on a pretty grim watch which is someone who co-hosts something wrong i'm like all aboard for right and i think when it's when it's kind of doing its lost in translation thing a movie i haven't seen but i assume that's a good enough metaphor where it's like they're in yeah, totally. where they're in Japan. They do not understand the company they are buying. They do not understand the art they produce. They barely understand the way this country works. There's a very good, like kind of dreamlike sequence of these two characters in Japan. All that stuff is really good and feels very grimy juxtaposed against like the, uh, the Tokyo streets and everything. We get some really great shots of like uh, the scramble in 2000, which yeah. are very fun. And I really like the grimness of that. I think when this film shifts away from the hentai plot, which it does, <laughs> and goes towards the Hellfire Club, which is this, you know, underground, illegal, we'll get into the plot reasons of it, but like this illegal kind of torture ring, uh, that stuff was so corny. And it's like, I hate to, this sounds <laughs> fucked up to say, but it's like they really needed to commit harder to making it more fucked up instead of like, yeah. here's some well, quick shots of like a security camera and a and someone on a bed looking annoyed, not even scared. It's all of them just being like, God, this sucks that I'm here. It's like, go go for it. Like Hostel ate your lunch four years later and I don't yeah. even fucking like that movie. You know, it's like that, it doesn't deliver that there. That first scene where she's at the office pretty late in the film, like investigating the Hellfire Club for for the real for the very first time. Yep. And she pulls up the web page and it's like, enter the password. And then um she enters this web page that looks like a fucking disturbed <laughs> album cover. Yeah. I, I mean I was I was laughing yeah. at how just like early two thousands new metal corny it, it was. It doesn't land. <laughs> and like that's that's gotta be like that feels like a victim of the film is a victim of us watching in 2023. Right. But like, right. it really, I mean, all the stuff about, uh, I don't even know what the company is, just a publishing company or just a holdings company that they work for. I, I gotta, I gotta pull up the list of the, um, companies because I'm going to get them all so confused. I mean, if I don't just have the list here, I think the idea of them buying an anime company is really interesting and kind of forward thinking, you know, uh, I think there was more to do there. And by the time it's ready to wash its hands of that plot line, it's just a snooze fest. A lot of characters, I don't want to cinema sense it, but there's a lot of just character decisions that make no sense at all. You know, like I'm thinking of the scene where Chloe Sevigny is um, harassing the main character of this film, who's not Diane. What's her name? Diane. Yeah. Yeah. Diane. No, Diane's the older lady who gets poisoned at the beginning, right? No, Connie Nielsen is Diane. Oh, okay. So, like, there's the scene where Chloe Sevigny has... The lady who gets poisoned is called Karen. That's right. Hey, Karen in this film. But and she gets her come up. And... There's, like, really weird character moments where, like... Chloe Sevigny, under direction from Karen, is holding up Diane at gunpoint. And then there's this really great tense moment where she scares Diane, shows that the gun isn't loaded, gets out of the car and runs off, and then Diane just calls Chloe and is like, calls. And then Chloe gets back the in the car. Was like, yeah. It was such a bizarre <laughs> moment. And I hate to be cinema sense about it, but it just made no sense at all. 
And there's like several moments like this in the movie. The the spy plotting is definitely what like didn't connect to me at all in yep. this movie. A- and there's like again, on paper, the sort of plot summary version of it is pretty interesting. Uh, Diane, Connie Nielsen, as mentioned, is like a high up executive at this company called the Wolf Corporation, and they are embroiled in a takeover of a Japanese company called Mangavox. Yeah, Mangatronics. I was thinking of Magnavox, who's a real thing, right? Right, 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 yeah. Mangatronics, which is a cool name for a company. Um, And I think what they really want is this uh, distribution uh, from the company Demon Lover that does the porn stuff. Mm -hmm. And there are some great scenes in that where they're, like, working through this kind of corporate dealing and they're investigating the hentai side of things. And they're like, just to be clear, you got to put some pubic hair (laughs) on those because everybody has to be over 18. That scene where they all go to the – they're, like, watching the people animating and the guy – is talking about what he's watching and he's like you don't even have to translate what i'm saying he's just like that's rough like that's yeah. not good there's a, i like that a lot the, the 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 pubic hair exchange is very interesting where it's like almost exploring cultures like the culture's not mixing right because in japan yeah. it's illegal to show pubic hair and yep. then in france they're like no you have to show it so that we can prove these are not children and i was like that's yeah. a really interesting idea right there that the scene where they're all having dinner in Japan mm-hmm. and uh, they both, the Japanese and French sides both have translators. And then occasionally some people on either side will both switch to English yep. to try to have those conversations. Like, I really liked that side of the corporate plot of this movie. Mm-hmm. Because, again, that tension of trying to bridge these cultures and the, again, early 2000s idea of, like, this big French-American conglomerate trying to take over a very Japanese product to sell it to this global audience just because they recognize that, like, the number's going up. People will pay for yep. this cartoon porn. They're very dismissive of it, but they're like, it it, it serves the, the bottom line, right? It makes the, it makes the money go up. So <laughs> whatever. You perverts draw that shit and we'll pay for it. Um, all of that stuff I found really interesting. Yep. And those were definitely some of my favorite scenes, especially when... Uh, Ichi himself shows up, right, for that That's little right. cameo at the dinner. That was great. Um, but the movie goes different places from there. The The setup, which we've sort of brushed over, another sequence that I really like, uh, it opens right on this plane, uh, Inception style, bunch of business execs all kind of lulling themselves to sleep. And we get Diane, you know, taking it on herself to just take out uh, her higher up Karen, the aforementioned Karen. Mm-hmm. I love the visuals of this where she steals an Evian water kind of like little apple juice I've cup. I've never on seen those before. I, I love, I love movies that get into the details yeah. of honestly, anytime pre when I was taking planes, planes, because yeah. they seemed like so much fun. They seemed so much cooler than they are now. Yeah. I was on a plane uh, a week ago probably got covid on that plane it sucked shit it was really bad it was awful on this plane 
Dude's having a five-course meal. Yep. He's got a lovely little coffee cup. My coffee on my plane tasted like shit. It was burnt to hell. A fun, it's always too hot. A, What's up with that? A fun thing to lear- uh, to look up and learn, this is going to sound boring, but trust me, is uh, the, the history of air- airline regulations to learn yeah. how good it used to be when our parents were on planes. And then think about the last time you were on a plane and... Uh, you know, you had to sit next to that little Japanese guy watching the whale as we talked about a few episodes <laughs> ago. <laughs> There's that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where they're all just everyone's having sex on the plane. That's what I imagine air travel in the 70s and 80s was like. You think you've ever like statistically? Do you think you've been on a plane where someone fucked? No comment. Have you fucked on a plane? No comment. No way. No, I haven't. I'm fucking with you. Oh. <laughs> that would be crazy. I I used to have this thing where I just kind of like to do goofy stuff in the sky because I'm in the sky. Like, it's like, yeah. people hate to shit in the sky, but it's like, like I, I'm like, I'm going to take I poop a sh- on every airplane I'm on. Yeah, yep. because it's like, bro, you're in the sky. It's crazy to take a shit in the sky. But I cannot mix sex and planes. That's too crazy. The altitude. I'd get altitude sickness. <laughs> My my when I'm on an airplane, my tummy just hurts the entire time. That's a that's why I poop. Yeah, that's probably. a new thing that only ha- started happening to me recently. When I came to North yeah. Carolina, I got to your house and had the worst stomach ache of my life, and then you gave me soup and fucking almost killed me. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Uh, well, you know who else likes doing goofy stuff on planes? Uh, Diane Nielsen. Yeah, because she fucking sticks a little syringe of some 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 sort of poison yeah, definitely. Uh, she pulls she pulls an oppenheimer she puts cyanide in her boss's uh little lunch let's circle back then... to that at the end of the pod by the way <laughs> i don't want to um basically just yeah like poisons her boss uh once they land we then follow karen who very harrowing sequence in this elevator oh, yeah. gets kind of jumped by these two guys where they like take her briefcase kind of handcuff her to it put her in the trunk of this car and then uh, Diane and the Chloe Sevigny character, at least, like, get this call. It's basically just like, yeah, dude, they fucking found Karen, like, in the trunk of a car. And she's fucked up. She's out of commission. You guys got to go do this Japan deal. Which, of course, is what Diane... Wh- this is basically where, as I start to unravel and unpack this, I'm like, do I understand what happened in this <laughs> yeah. movie? And who who was playing whom at what time? The ostensible plot is that uh, Diane is both a self-serving corporate climber who is willing to, you know, poison her boss to get ahead to make this deal, but is also selling her company's secrets to a different company and Mm -hmm. following orders to make it seem like she wants this deal to go through, but is taking steps kind of beneath the surface to hold it up delay it yeah. like go through with it but in the shittiest way possible is sort of, like don't she's not messing up the deal she is making the deal take a long time and be really shitty so that they can get secrets information un, un, kind of unclear to me and yeah. then as those layers come through uh that all really doesn't make a ton of sense here's something important to note about diane's character though the actress whose name is connie nielsen connie nielsen 
important to remember, not in Aeon Flux. I watched this movie the whole time being like, oh shit, that's like that's that lady from Aeon Flux. Turns out that's Charlize Theron. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But I was like Connie Nielsen's I was, in I was like, Damn. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh. I think this is the only thing I've ever seen her in. I but the whole time I was watching, I was like, damn, you don't see much of that lady from Aeon Flux. Turns out you do, because it's not Connie Nielsen. It's the biggest star in the fucking world, Charlize Theron. I said Theron earlier. Theranos. She's she's also in Rushmore, minor role. Have you seen that one? No. Good one. Who directed that? Wes Anderson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'd be making movies. Heard of him? Yeah. He'd be making movies. Um. Okay, let's talk about a guy that I don't like. Oh, the bald uh, man. The bald man. Charles Burling playing Hervey. Harvey. Harvey. Yeah. I don't Harvey. Harvey. I don't care for the French, and we know about this. You cannot say that, bro. I'm gonna do it. Look, I, I was I was kind of doing the math as I was watching Demon Lover. Really, a kind of a great movie for us to cover because on this show, I think. The bulk of the films that we've covered are either French or Japanese. Uh, yeah. So here's one. It's French. Bridging those two cultures. Yeah. With our personal favorite, Nao Omori. Plays Ichi. That's Ichi right. the killer. He's also in First Love. He's also in this. Have you heard of this movie? I think it's called As the Gods Will. It's directed by his brother. Super notorious in Japan for being like, no, you cannot show this movie. <laughs> Absolutely not. They had to do like a traveling road show just for people to see I it. I have heard of God, this. I want to see it so bad. I saw it at Sutaya. They had it for rent one time when I was there. And obviously I, I can't rent the movie, so I didn't watch it. But he's also in that. He's in a lot of stuff. He's a great actor. Yeah? Yeah. Shouts out to Naomori. He's doing the Lord's work in this film, playing, playing what is like a totally innocent little porn dude. Like I mean, he he doesn't get a ton to do. He basically I know, sits there I, and he's like, but there's I make my porn. There's like a version of this movie where the porn dude is like totally scuzzy for no reason. He's just like, I don't know. I just make the fucking anime. Like, are you gonna yeah. give me money or not? <laughs> That's the whole thing. But you got this bald man who, to your point, is a uh, scum. Yeah, I just didn't like his vibes from the jump. And then when the movie was like, he's so charismatically undeniable she's just gonna want to fuck him on this business trip to japan i was like him yeah i don't know about all that and then the <laughs> I movie didn't really, like, can like never make its mind up if like he sucks or he's innocent in all this like like it's really playing both sides where it's like oh he's like maybe an abuser and then the yeah. other time it's like but she's into it or like he's in love or, and then she blows his brains out. And it's like, so where, who, what, what was his thing? Like, I never understood what this guy's whole vibe was. Yeah. I think, I think by the end I came pretty clearly down on a uh, bad guy. Not good. Sure. But the movie struggled with it the whole time. Right. Cause he's, he's sort of in on the uh, <laughs> reverse plot. In a way, yeah. like he's on the side of whoever the ultimate bad guys in this movie end up being, which was very unclear. Yeah, were they the Americans? I guess so. <laughs> the the sort of because like you do get to America by the end of this movie. Yeah, that's that's certainly where that stuff is taking place. Yeah, um, and 
those desert shots are really cool. But I was like, who the fuck are these guys? Like the <laughs> oh, another <laughs> thing. If you're writing yeah. some underground, top secret internet torture thing, why are you putting your captives in a room with a giant window? And also, why have your none of your captives except for not Charlie's Theron? Tried to throw something through the window and just run off? Connie Nielsen. Was that weird to you, too? That, like, her solution was, oh, there's just a giant window I can break out of captivity from? And I'm gonna run and get in a car? And then, yeah. She's in She's in there for, like, 90 seconds, and she's like, I'm pretty sure I can escape. And she does. Yeah, and th- so there's no, <laughs> there's no stakes to it. And then she just is taken back. There's no stakes in the ending of this film. It's, I, as I'm talking through it, I've decided I actually don't like this movie. I think this movie <laughs> kind of sucks. Uh... Well, you know, let's talk about what was good in it, which was the the hentai sequence. The hentai sequence was wild, dude. No warning. Like, I guess there's a warning thematically in that, you know, this is a movie that's dealing with uh, hentai in a Japanese anime studio. But they're like, we're going over to Japan. We're going to finalize the deal. (laughs) Boom. Fucking smash cut. Yeah, it's it's monster hentai. Like it's I was it's, I was watching this bad boy Saturday night in my house, my big TV. I had the windows kind of three three quarters closed, but you know I got a big yeah, TV, yeah, yeah. I got a loud TV. Yeah. It like smash cuts to the hentai sequence. I was like, fucking where are my remotes? <laughs> gotta hide up the covers. I was like, I someone's gonna walk by and they cannot know what I'm watching. Yeah. And I was sitting there, you know, shaking my head, being like, just in case anyone's looking in, I disapprove of what I'm seeing on the TV right now. I don't like or agree with any of this stuff. Yeah, it's a violent, gnarly hentai that they just make you watch for a while. <laughs> like, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and then you it switches to an amazing 3D uh, oh animation that is that was so, so good. It's good. so good. Like, it was it was bad in the perfect way yeah. where, you know, it's 2002 and they're like, this is the fucking future, baby. And it's Final Fantasy, the spirits within. Oh, with, yeah. like, everybody's got their tits out pretty much. Dude, it was so sick. I just wish that <laughs> was the movie because that's what I thought the movie was. I was like, damn, what's going to get mixed up here? And then they're like, all right, bye, Japan. We don't need you anymore. And then it's a yeah. way lamer movie. Like the first 40 minutes of this movie kind of go off. The Japan stuff is definitely like I like I don't know if those are my favorite segments. Some of my favorite scenes are in there, but like, I don't know if I like that movie more than what it ends up being. Mm. If it just stayed there because I, I still was having a kind of hard time figuring out like, what is the, what's the driving plot yeah. of this movie? And I think I, I, I definitely wanted to dig into that a little bit. I feel like, um, you know, there was a really short interview with Isaias on the Criterion channel, like five minutes that I watched. And he it was like him reflecting on the movie 20 years later and talking about, I think its ideas of, of globalization were really interesting. Obviously, that's what we've touched on. of sure. just like all of these disparate cultures kind of coming together for the very first time and reckoning with what are our products mean to your culture and, and what's it like to be a teenager in America who can now, with a credit card and an email address, like access whatever the fuck they want. Yep. Um, and that was a scary question 20 years ago, and it's one that we still don't really have an answer for. Yep. Um, so obviously, like, a very prescient film uh, in its thematic substance and the questions that it was asking. I'm just not sure that it had answers at the time and kind of still doesn't. It sort of, like, is 
the the stuff that it calls out and identifies very potent Mm -hmm. very spot on haven't changed the kind of meat of the movie in my opinion is really just like you know calling those things out and, and not doing a ton with them like i understand that our culture has become oversaturated and desensitized to violence in digital spaces right i gotcha i get it it's also obsessed with the idea of control and i'm I'm like i'm pulling this a little bit from natalie marlin's review on letterboxd a friend of the show i assume Mm -hmm. i'd like to think so um and she was talking about how like you know the people who control what you come to essentially like who's controlling them and i think that all is really interesting i think this film gets too caught up in its corporate espionage to actually say anything interesting with that stuff but there are ideas there where it's like you know these people want to control you and also they're not in control of what they think they are it's like these alliances keep shifting and violence is breaking out and people are dying and etc 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 but the movie is like very obsessed with the idea of who controls who in society yeah there was also, I, I don't think this was a quote from Asaius, but I believe it was a review uh, from the time that it was released, kind of talking about how this film was really grappling with, like, screen addiction, yeah. which I didn't, I didn't get a ton of that. I think the yeah. very, I think the ending scene is really kind of, I don't want to say great because it's fucked up, but it's like a very nice kind of cap to what this film is trying to do that very last scene of the kid in his room and then like you fade out on him just sort of doing his homework with the bondage porn on the screen in the background like that's pretty harrowing and haunting stuff but like the rest of the movie just isn't particularly concerned with that aspect of it it's more about and and isn't really about the wheeling and dealing like it's it's kind of just about her interpersonal relationships within the company which aren't that interesting (laughs) yeah i mean i think like the end is pretty good i think the scenario it sets up is a little dumb like i think there are plenty of things we need to talk about in regards to children and the access to pornography i don't think it surprises anyone to know children watch porn on the internet i don't think they're uh watching uh underground uh fucking russian torture (laughs) (laughs) rooms where they can i just think it's a little far-fetched even for the 2000s to be like kids are going to be accessing this stuff it's like no there's a different movie we can tell here about like kids watching fucked up porn and what that does to them that isn't kids are watching women being tortured in wonder woman costumes it's like no they're fucking not they're fucking not Hold, hold on um not Wonder Woman specifically. If I could ask Olivier Assayas one question about this movie, it would be like, "What what was up with the X Men stuff, man?" <laughs> uh, it's it's Storm, the character That's Storm right. from the X Men. He gets a comic accurate suit for her to be right. in in the last scene of this movie, and the name Hellfire Club I'm sure has a lot of connotations, but is also a prominent antagonist in the X Men comics. Well, the f- yeah, the first X Men movie came out in two thousand. That's what I was going to say. Did Olivia, did Olivia Isaias see the first X-Men movie and say, this is fucking corrupting American youth. That's a good movie. And that gave him the idea for Demon Lover? The first X-Men? Yeah. I haven't seen it since I was like seven years old, but it was good back then. Yeah. Awesome movie. Uh, don't look up who directed it. 
Sorry, listener, you're just gonna have to give me a second here. Uh, let's see. Let's see here. Um, oh. Well, ain't that something. <laughs> ain't that a kick in the head? <laughs> Real, really quick sidebar. There have been like two X-Men movies that weren't directed by pedophiles. Um, and it's a, it's a there's like 12, there's 14 X-Men movies. Insomniac's making that Wolverine game. Yeah. That'll be good. Oh, yeah. I hope. I was thinking about yeah. Spider-Man 2 last night being like, fuck. You know what's crazy Venom. about the timing of it? Yeah. Not to be dude who's moving to New York again. You're going to... Dude. That comes out... Um, I'll, I'll, because of my job, I'll like, probably well, have it a yeah. little earlier. Uh, but, like, right before I actually move to New York, I'll be playing that game. That's kind of cool. That's kind of a cool little When moment. I was... When I was reviewing that first spider-man game right, yep. i was playing through it and then i would like i would like go places that i had went in the oh, game and that's be so like sick that was it that was there we committed no spy no spider-man in this one though we committed corporate subterfuge with that spider-man game when you gave me oh that's right walk into your ps your playstation account so i could play it after surgery yeah yeah hell yeah because so, i'm a real one that's right sony doesn't know about that don't tell them yeah, uh, Brian Innistar, do not listen to this podcast. Do you think he does? No. Zero percent chance. At least one person from Sony follows me. Two people from Sony follow me. So oh, yeah, like, I mean, a couple of people follow me. So they Come know the show many, exists. How many people do you follow who tweet about their podcast? And even every once in a while, we are like, oh, cool episode. Do you listen? Do you really listen? You know, when we did Game Query, it would sometimes surprise me when people would bring it up. <laughs> I'd yeah. be like, fuck, shit, no. Well, that was the best podcast of all time. It makes sense if people were listening to that. I mean, I listened this one, to some of the friends. Through our feelings. I listened to some of the friends' podcasts. I was just listening to Try Love. That's right. Jason Daphne's podcast. Great show. And later tonight, I'm going to listen to you and Maddie talk about Pitchfork Fest. That's right. So. You know, I, I hold down. I'm a pod man. Oh, Blake Hester's a real one. Yeah. After that, I'm going to finish my episode of This American Life. There's something we haven't talked about yet. Chloe Sevigny? Maybe the reason we're here. Chloe Sevigny. She's speaking French. Film. That fucked me speaking up. Speaking I mean, First off, I didn't know this movie was in French, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, I have no basis to know if she's speaking good French or bad French, but like she's... She's speaking French. It's just, yeah, this this is um, still early-ish in her career, yeah. but kind of like she's she's like a name now for sure. I think Asayas had said like he wanted to work with her for this movie, mm-hmm. and a little and a little vice versa, because I know that like a lot of the roles um, as they were cast were not really his first choices. Oh, interesting. Um, he went to Charlie's Throne for Diane. Because he saw her in Aeon so. Flux <laughs> that came out several years later. Oh, here's here's a funny uh, anecdote is that uh, Chloe Sevigny chose to be in this one instead of Legally Blonde. Oh, she fucked up. <laughs> it was kind of like you could do one or the other, baby. She fucked up. Um, Chloe, that was a yeah, bad I, choice. I know you're listening to our Chloe Seven Summer of Sevigny. You fucked up. Summer you should have been in Legally Blonde. Who was that instead? Selma Blair. She's not the main character. Uh, a side a side role. The main character's um come on. Well, who, Reese Witherspoon. Oh, uh, maybe you didn't fuck up. Yeah. You probably should have taken the legally blonde bag though. 
She like gets the poster of this movie though, isn't that her? Yeah, it is doing the her big doing, Evangelion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the end of <laughs> Ava <laughs> thing. And I, I got you. That, I got you. Is that is that you think that's intentional? It, honestly, when did End of Ava come out? It was the nineties. I think ninety nine, right? Um, let's see. That could be wrong, but uh, like ninety seven. Oh, I almost want to say for sure then, because like it has if to it be. wasn't if it wasn't a movie about fucked up anime and fucked up anime fans, I would be like, it's not the most original poster concept in the world. But also, it is a movie about fucked up anime and fucked up anime fans. And I'm looking at the poster, Bro, brother, that is that is an end of Evangelion reference. Wow, this makes this movie fucking cool, actually. <laughs> That's crazy. We gotta get we gotta get Olivia on the fucking horn to ask him. I wonder I wonder if Anno has seen this movie. I feel like probably he would love it. Yeah, because he's such a fucking freak, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh what's the word? Non-derogatory, of course. He's a non-derogatory freak. Mm-hmm. He's a freak, but we love him. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, have you seen Evangelion? Several times. I feel like... Uh... Hold on, I'm sorry. I'm on reddit.com. I'm doing some journalism here. Uh... <laughs> Wait, here we go. Here we go. Oh, okay. So the hentai that they show is like from a real thing. I figured. Twin, I yeah, because like, it's too good. Like the production I was is like, too high. They did not make this for this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there seemed to be like a plot, a backstory, recognizable characters. Yeah, it's called, uh, what was it? Twin something. Twin snakes, maybe? No, that's the Metal Gear Solid game. Twin angels. There we go. That's cool. Anyway, we can move on. Big fucking gross tentacle monsters in this movie, too. Yeah, that was cool. I liked seeing them. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I'm kind of over this movie, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw some other movies. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about? Them? If you want to, I have thoughts. I, I mean, do you, do we have other demon lover thoughts? I really have no. It just kind of washed over me. It felt like a nothing movie to me, which is a I bummer because really like the... I was. Yeah. Sto- oh, the soundtrack is very good. The Sonic Youth mu- music, yeah. Uh, the the Gold Frap song, the Soundfly song, yeah. All great stuff. Yeah, that was cool. Um, Soulfly. I really like. I really like Gina Gershon in this movie, who plays the, like, other business lady who comes in sort of halfway through. They have the great fight scene. That was really fun. Oh, she's cool, yeah. Where yeah. she she breaks into the apartment to try and, I, I think, I guess just steal shit off the computer. And then classic um, espionage mess up. Gina Gershon comes home. They tussle. They knock each other out. They both wake up. And then there is the really great scene where... Uh, Diane wakes up back at her house and then they show her the videotape of like them cleaning up the apartment, getting rid of the Mm -hmm. body, taking her home. And that was like one of the best moments of the film for me where it was just kind of like, okay, I get what he's saying here where it's like, there's this whole, it was very like eyes wide shut moment where it's just kind of like, there is this shadow network and everything that you thought you were doing and that you were like kind of, you know, 
breaking into or whatever, like you've been playing a different game the entire time. Like we've been playing a different game yeah. the entire time. You you thought you were playing one thing, it was this whole other thing. Like we have so much more power than you could yeah. realize. Yada yada yada. I love that shit. I eat that shit up. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes very confusing where it's like, uh, Elise Chloe Sevigny's character was very resentful of Diane the entire time, but only because she was working for the other company or she also hated her and then started working for the didn't didn't understand that relationship at all. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I do like the fact that Chloe throughout this movie goes from. Uh, what feels like an intern to by the end you're like oh she's just in charge of everything like she was the master yeah <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of cool care for that tw- i just look as a, as a as a person watching this movie i was like hell yeah go chloe yeah as a a film viewer i was kind of like nah i i just it's just, I, it just got too goofy I, and, I just, and then i just like seeing women succeed is all i don't know about how you feel about it but that's just that's big facts this is a big girl boss this is a big girl boss movie um they're always succeeding that's right uh harvey gets got that was a fun scene yeah that was good it actually wasn't fun i did not like watching that sex scene whatsoever his big hairy french ass um (laughs) the camera the camera angles were upsetting but he gets fucking he gets his dome blasted yeah and then i thought her like i thought that scene was again very harrowing, very uncomfortable. But when she like reaches into the purse, mid coitus, blows his head off, and then just starts shrieking. Yep. I was just like, I've seen a couple. Like I was thinking of the Gone Girl scene. You've seen Gone Girl, right? No. Okay. There's a scene in Gone Girl where something very similar happens, mm. and then the the reaction is like she just shifts into girl boss killer mode and it's just like i'm in fucking charge like pins him down watches him bleed out Yo. and i was like okay that's what i'm assuming you should you should fucking watch gone girl that movie rocks that's i watched Fincher, that like a right? month ago yeah that's the finch man yeah. uh that movie's awesome um and so i was expecting something similar to happen in this movie and she blasts his head off and just like loses control completely and just yep. starts like shrieking and i thought that was a really well done sequence yeah, absolutely rewinding just a tad i also thought their their dinner sequence was one of the more salient moments in the film where he's essentially kind of laying out like you're not in charge you were never in control he's kind of explaining what's going on really wasn't connecting to me yeah. i think the like the ping-ponging languages the continent spanning the sort of early 2000s internet aesthetics of it. Are you familiar with the term Nokia wave? No, but I feel like I can piece together kind of what that means. Yes. It's a it's a term I heard for the first time researching this movie. And it is kind of, you know, uh, it's not a real movement of film. It was sort of retroactively a label mm-hmm. assigned to these very late 90s, very early 2000s right. cyber thrillers. Um, the first Mission Impossible the Robert De Niro film, Ronin, mm-hmm. a couple of those early Bonds, the early Bourne movies, yeah. stuff like that, where it's just like, they're on the computer, they're hacking the mainframe, all of that shit, where like they're really shitty looking cyber yeah. space movies. I think that's a really interesting concept, and this definitely falls in there. And again, those aesthetics and seeing that stuff, like I, just, I, I like those kinds of movies. Um, mm. From a audiovisual 
perspective to say nothing of their character. I certainly like liked those aspects yeah. of Demon Lover of just being like, wow, those are some shitty fucking MacBooks. <laughs> when she t- when she turned that computer on, it made the sound from the commercial. I loved that. Um, so so all of that stuff, you know, is great. And then like the end of this movie turns into something much more sinister and much darker. Uh, Chloe Sevigny and Connie Nielsen are kind of like airlifted into the middle of this desert where they're gonna be kept in captivity by the Hellfire well, Club. Chloe. Who have not Chloe? She's in control. Oh, she she's in the house. She's in the house. Yeah, yeah she's in control at there's this that, point. There's that wonderful shot of her playing the bungee game Oni. That's right, naked, <laughs> nude in bed. Shuts up. Just fucking gaming on the sticks. Yeah. Now, do you think it was a convincing gamer performance? Yeah, for sure. Have, she has played. Have you, I've played. Have you ever? I've played. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I've have you ever Ami. assumed that position uh, on a bed playing the bun, the bungee game Oni? No, but that's often how I play my Switch. Not in the nude, because I'm not just like a casually naked man. But like that, yeah. I do play my Switch frequently like that in bed. Um, mm. Also, this <laughs> this movie name drops Idos. Yeah, uh, because the uh, porn company the whole... is being sued for doing a sexy Lara Croft website, and like Idos is suing us for thirty million dollars. And I was like, gamers, yeah, rise up. That was a funny little subplot. Yeah, and there's like the shots again of the um, girl in the Lara Croft costume being like, "Oh, please get me out of here." Yeah, that was twisted. Um, but basically, yeah, she's being sold into captivity. She sort of escapes into the desert. There's this really gnarly chase sequence. I thought the, like, desert photography there was really cool. Mm -hmm. There's a fucked up car crash. And then the sort of, you know, sex slavers, for lack of a better term, pull up to the scene. And this man pulls out the loudest gun (laughs) I have ever heard. (laughs) Like, you know, it's just a a little pistol. Um, So, you know, she eludes her captors gets out of that compound that we discussed earlier. She's driving through the desert. They're on her tail. There's another car coming towards her. She's like, get out of the fucking way, get out of the fucking way. There's a head-on collision. So that guy's on the side of the road. She's trying to crawl out of the car. The, you know, gangsters, criminals, whatever you want to call them, pull up. Guy steps out of the car. He's got his handgun on his waist, pulls it off. It's a little pistol. I've seen one of these before. Goes to shoot the guy in the chest. I'm like, yep, normal, whatever. I know what's going to happen here. The fucking Oppenheimer atomic <laughs> bomb sound goes off. I kept, It was the loudest gun I've ever heard in a movie. It was insane. I was like, what kind of gun is this? And then he shoots it like twice. I was just like, all right, cool. That's a, that's a choice. And then uh, big twist at the end of the film. Uh, Diane, who we were introduced to as a corporate climber, trying to make it to the top of her company, uh, through all of her her money grubbing and and ladder climbing, has found herself kicked down to the bottom of the rung. Girl boss, no more. Um, she's in a leather suit, uh, you know, in a no good situation, being sold on a a fetish bondage website to a teenager in suburban United States at like eight. A.M. on a Saturday. This time they put her in a room without a giant window. They learned their lesson. <laughs> yeah, and that's Demon Lover. Here's the thing. Great, great movie name. Demon Lover. Awesome name. Hard as hell. Bring it back. No, I don't need a sequel. <laughs> we don't need no, another. Just bring back the name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> Call more movies Demon Lover. I saw some other movies. Yeah? And I want to talk about them. Okay. First off, brother... 
<coughs> yeah. My God, AJ, what happened right there? Um, I had a cough. I watched Hisiyasu Sato's Muscle. You talked about this last time. Did I? Yeah. Oh, that movie's... Well, I, I just want to say again, then that movie really cool shouts out to the dude who uploaded did that. you watch it again no 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 shouts out to the dude that uploaded that to vimeo at like 1p like the worst <laughs> video quality i've ever seen anything you're like, like there's ever. a pixel yeah there's another pixel good movie though i um, feel like i'm at the i feel like i'm at the damn google store here's the thing there's a that's pixel a good, that's a good joke that's there's a, good a pixel. <laughs> that's a good joke thank it, you guess what else i saw i don't know what'd you say no come on what a, you know what i saw uh, uh, the big one. Uh, the big one. Oh, Barbie. No, I might go see that tonight, though. We'll see. Oh, so, you know, just interesting. You haven't seen Barbie yet. You know, a film about and directed by and for women. It's been out for like over a week, Blake. You haven't seen that. You haven't seen Barbie. Well, maybe if Greta Gerwig hadn't made a dog shit movie called Lady Bird, I would be more That's, trying to. You're cat. You're not. You don't get to cap on this podcast about Lady Bird. That movie fucking sucks, and I'm ready you're, to you're talk about wrong. that. No, I saw Oppenheimer. Me too. Can I talk about it? Yeah, can I leave the room? Bro, what the hell? <laughs> Go ahead. I like it. Okay. Do you not read my letterbox reviews? I already liked your letterbox review. Oh, okay. I liked it. It's a good one. What the hell is up with that sexy? What the hell is up <laughs> okay, with that sexy? Okay, now, here's the thing. That's a dog shit moment in an otherwise fine film. Uh, uh, here's what I want to say. Best... Go ahead. No, you go. The best defense I've seen of the um, sex scene where... Uh, Florence Pugh makes uh, Oppenheimer read uh, mm-hmm. the Bhagavad Gita to her d- yep. during coitus is that it was just uh, put in there as a sign of life to prove that a human being did direct that movie and not an AI because an AI would never be able to come up with something as yep. stupid as that. Uh, I clicked on an article the other day on a website that I won't name to protect the innocent that came in defense of that scene and my brain completely shut off. Like I literally tried multiple times to read it and my brain was like, no, this is fundamentally an incorrect take. So I just, I couldn't even tell you why they said it was a good movie moment. What website? Reddit.com? Uh, maybe one I used to. Oh! Maybe one I used to freelance for for five and a half years. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I genuinely, I was genuinely like, curious. <laughs> I genuinely could not take in the information because I was like, there's no argument that makes this correct. It was, anyway, I thought that movie was fine. Um. I definitely liked it the most out of the people. I saw it with Leo Vader, friend of the show, and Jason Daphnis, friend of the show. Uh, I liked it the most. Enemies, enemies now. I liked it the most. I think Leo actively disliked it. I think Jason was more or less ambivalent. But here's what I want to say about it. I don't agree that it's a masterpiece, and that's fine. I do want to say the Trinity test is one of the best moments I've ever seen in a theater. Just fucking cool. unbelievable shit. Uh mild spoilers listener they hold the sound for so long and then when it hits i was seeing it in dolby i didn't see it in any of the special screens but i saw it with dolby sound when that sound hit i mean that's what movies are all about baby that's right that was amazing i was like during that scene the first time i was like it's pretty crazy that they like chose to do this in silence and then my little science nerd sound travels uh, kid kid ass brain i was like i remember reading i read that i read i read the um come on nonfiction. it was like a long form new yorker article that turned into a book american pro oh no 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 no. um 
that that book Hiroshima. Oh, good book, the, good book. The reporter who goes mm-hmm. and like interviews people. Um, they talk about the hand falling off like a glove. Good book. Yeah, I read that in like eighth grade. I remember. Yep. And so watching that sequence, I was like, oh my god, I remember that. Uh, they they talked about they could see the cloud and the light, like you know, a long time before they actually heard the sound, and then the sound catches up, and I was like, that's that's fucking cool. Yeah, that's a cool ass movie right there. I uh. I like that it did not martyr Oppenheimer. I feel like it's a pretty anti-Oppie movie. Or it's, you get what I'm saying? I mean, it makes very explicit that, like, you can try to uh, absolve yourself of this by saying that the U.S. government was mean to you, but, yeah. like, you're not going to get away with it. Like, it's in the text of the movie. Yeah. That's those are the takes i won't stand by of the like it's making him a hero yeah you're we're we're watching a different movie yeah. if you walk out of that being like oppenheimer's a hero i think i had that concern though you yeah know, oh, going sure. into it and i really respected christopher nolan making a kind of i don't want to call it anti-usa film but like definitely made oppenheimer look like the bitch he was he fucking sucked <laughs> from the cradle to the grave he fucking sucked and he will Everyone's always like, suck dude what do you believe and he's like i don't know yeah <laughs> uh, I liked that about the movie a lot. The Trinity Test, I'll say again, fucking incredible. Uh, and yeah, shouts out to Oppenheimer. Um, I also saw Smile. Oh, that's right. You were watching Smile while I was watching Demon Lover. Wow. Who do you think? Who do you think had a better? Um, AJ, Smile. Good ass movie. It goes hard. There's, yeah. It's fucked up. It's two hours long. <laughs> It's insane that that movie is two hours long. I like, I like, you know, as you were watching it, I've, I only saw it the one time in theaters and mm-hmm. was kind of just like, if I watch it at home and I know everything that happens in it already, yep. am I going to like it more? Almost certainly not. Yeah. At, at the very least, I will like that movie as much as the first time I saw it again. So I'm just like, maybe I never revisit that movie. Maybe I, I keep my pristine memories of being like, that kind of fucking rock. It did rock, right? But I think there's like such a better movie to be made with the conceit of the smiles. Like, yeah. I don't think this is a good movie. I think it rocks. You know what I'm saying? Like, it rocks, yep. but it's fucking dumb. And I laugh too much during a movie where like that smile is so creepy that it, that should yeah. be enough to scare you in moments. And I think, like, when it smash cuts to that woman's husband's face and his tongue is sticking out like a dog that's been outside for too long, I literally had to pause it. I was laughing so hard at that dude. The first ten face. minutes and the last ten minutes of Smile yeah. go insanely hard. Dude, I mean, the, the, I, I think there are moments throughout the whole film that go fucking crazy hard. Oh, for sure, for sure. I, I just mean that, like, you watch the trailer for that movie and it's the goofy, like... Oh, the TikTok smile demons gonna yeah. kill everybody. And I see that that was one of the trailers that I had just seen so many times. Yeah. We've talked kind of about this effect a lot, where it's just like, especially in horror, you watch a trailer so many times. They're they're trying very hard to sell you a specific movie. You're yeah. like, I get it, it's fine. Smile is not the movie that the trailers were selling at all. Yeah. It is much gnarlier and nastier and meaner. And at no point did I expect that it would have one of the best demon creature designs of the past 10 years in it but the final form of the demon in smile at the end of that movie un 
fucking believable. I didn't it's care so cool. for its face, but I liked the size of it a lot. I thought the size yeah. was cool. I just think they should have obscured the face. I, I wasn't into but, but but it's smiling, so I guess you need that. Yeah, but, it's the smile demon. Um, I really liked... I really liked the scene at the little kid's birthday party. I thought that was oh, genuinely... So I thought that was harrowing. Like Yeah, with the cat. And just the looks of everyone at, around her after it happens is, like, terrifying. Like, it's yeah. not even the scare of the scene, but just imagining what she's dealing with in that moment. Like, the anxiety of that moment and the embarrassment is, like... Oh, fucking harrowing like i really liked that moment yeah there was a there was a really weird conversation around that movie about like uh mental health and how the movie was like uh what's the kind of word i'm looking for how like the whole movie was sort of like a metaphor for depression or whatever like and i think the movie was like dealing with some of those themes but i took a lot of Especially in scenes like that and with, like, her shitty... Is it her sister and, like, husband or whatever? Where, like, everyone's sort of surface-level supportive, but then, like, very dismissive of any real issues. I thought the movie was a very clever commentary on how everything has to be, like, about mental health now. Um, Mm. And there's a movie that's uh, in theaters this weekend that is sort of doing what I think the bad version of that is. That's just, like... What if your trauma tried to kill you? Yeah. <laughs> Sucks. Need, um, we need less therapy speak in horror movies, is my take. Less trauma-informed horror movies. Yeah, you can put therapy speak in your movie if you want to, but it's got to have a big fucking demon with teeth in it at the end, or yep. not interested. Less thing um, I'll say, less thing I'll say. To talk to me. Surprisingly. Not that. Not the movie, but talk to me. Surprise, <laughs> surprisingly hard soundtrack. The soundtrack is yeah. wild in that movie. Uh, Smile rocks. People should yeah. watch Smile. I think it should uh, be 30 minutes shorter, but that's fine. Most you could mov- probably excise a good chunk of that, yeah. Most movies are too long, but that's fine. Good, um, good like, boyfriend character in that. He's not really mm, her boyfriend, but yeah. the kind of, like, male lead. I liked him. Uh, what, what, what... What did Demon Lover kind of anything connect to you there on Demon Lover? Or was were you just thinking about watching those other movies instead? Uh, no, no connective tissue. But I'll say um, it does have now Omori in it. So of course, watch uh, Ichi the Killer. Also watch First Love. I feel like people have forgotten about that. It was Miike's film a few years ago. That was his return to the Yakuza genre, which he had not made many Yakuza films for like 10, 12 years. So watch First Love. Um, Naomori plays just the coolest cop of all time. I know that sounds like a oxymoron, <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, and also in the movie is Taro Suwa. I don't know if I'm pronouncing any of these right. Who's in? Here, here's the recommendations right here. It's the movie's uh, Suwa-san's in. Cure, Dark Water. Oh my God, have you seen Dark Water? Yes. One of the gnarliest jump scares of all time in that movie. Uzu, Boo. Uzumaki. Uh, Is it the live action Ito? Yes. Which that movie fucking rules. Holy shit. Oh, I had heard that was not good. Uh, you heard fucking wrong because that movie Damn. fucking rips. Uh, he's in a ton of shit. Hanadama, uh, Chaos. And then, last recommendation, Iko Suzuki, 
is in this movie. He's also in the dinner scene. Who's in uh, Visitor Q. I don't remember what character he is, but he's in Visitor Q. And more people should fucking watch Visitor Q because that's that's a trip. It's a little wild one. You ever want to see a corpse poop on a man's dick? Watch Visitor Q, baby. Anyway, I wake those, up every morning. Those are my recommendations just to watch a bunch of movies that Japanese dudes are in. Hell yeah. Any for you? Um, ironically enough, a film that we were talking about a couple of days ago that has a lot of connective tissue with this movie, um, Paul Verhoeven's film Elle, oh, yeah. which uh, Isabelle Huppert stars as a acclaimed French video game auteur who gets mm-hmm. assaulted uh, in her house, and then that leads to uh, a lot of significant change in her life. That movie's fucking batshit in the best way possible. I mean, it's a Verhoeven joint, so you should know what to expect. But if you like, you know, women in uh, pantsuits working in, uh, you know, companies for nerds, and then there's lots <laughs> of do. violence and sex in them, you're going to love that movie. Hell yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, like, especially the desert stuff was reminding me of... The early 2000s Lynch movies, mm. right? Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Lost Highway. Right. Inland Empire. Those video aesthetics. Cool shit. Um, I think those have all also been recently restored by the Criterion Collection. So I would say check those out because they're better than this one. Um, Ghost in the Shell? Well, sure. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell. It's on the Criterion. Yeah, right watch now. that. That's in the AI collection, right? I've never seen Ghost in the Shell. The um, live action one? Never seen any Ghost in the Shell. The animated one, uh, pretty pretty much perfect movie. That's on Criterion uh, right now, so I might watch it tonight. You should watch it. The uh, the live action one, I think Isabel Huppert is also in that. Hang on a sec. People kind of fuck with that movie. It's like... I know people hate it, but also people kind of fuck with that movie. You, you know, you and I... Oh, I have not logged uh, the animated ghost in the shell on letterbox hang on let me do this live on the pod watch okay. like five stars easiest decision of my life okay uh the live action ghost in the shell uh, this one gets a watched not a liked and it's a two star for me uh, it's not like the worst thing i've ever seen yeah um takeshi kitano's in it i know that my ma'am is Juliette Binoche, not Isabelle Huppert. Uh, directed by Rupert Sanders, who's got, look, and I hate to say this, goofy-ass face. Uh, <laughs> he, he He's directing a remake of The Crow. Oh. And sick. he directed, holy shit, I'm glad that, I'm glad that we're still doing this. He, he directed the live-action Halo 3 commercial Believe oh. with all of the miniatures, which is, like... People love that I, thing. I'm in no... Oh, yeah. I'm in no <laughs> position to forgive him for making the live-action Ghost in the Shell movie, but I just want to propose that those two can cancel each other out and we can kind of call it... We can get, we can give him another shot. What? Like, you made Ghost in the Shell. Maybe you shouldn't have done that. You did make the Halo 3 commercial. So, like, we'll call it just, like, a, a kind of par-for-the-course career. What are, what are good anime and manga adaptations anime anime whatever uh i mean mother fucking alita battle angel yeah people love that shit i've never seen it we're, hey 
don't watch it. I'll bust out the 4K Blu-ray. Okay. okay. We'll here's, watch that joint. Here's one. That's good. Come on now. E.T. the Killer. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah. Some people, some people, pe- people love to get cute and are like, well, did you know that this one's a comic book movie because it's based on a graphic novel? It's like, all right, I, I, I get you. It's yeah. cool. But but E.T. the Killer for sure. Um, My answer would probably be Alita Battle Angel. Like, you know, all respect to E.T. the Killer. Those are that's number that's one and two for me. His, um, his, his a sleeper for you? Not a lot of people know about this one. Uh CG adaptation. There are live action adaptations, but I've never seen them. Gaunt's O is crazy. It's one of the hardest movies I've ever watched in my life. AJ, it's got some of the best CG animation I've literally ever seen in my life. No one talks about this movie. That it goes movie so that- hard. I like. I think I've seen that. I think they had it at the Blockbuster in my neighborhood when I was a kid. No, 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 and... no, no. This is like a more recent thing, like within oh, the last really? ten years. Okay. There Maybe are I'm thinking of like there... the the older ones. Yeah, there are Gaunt's animes and live actions and everything. But I'm talking about the CG Gaunt's O. That movie is Let's fucking see. nuts. Because there was um, there was like uh Gaunt's O and. Project Appleseed. Does that sound familiar? Do you know oh, what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Appleseed is by Masamune Shiro, who did Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe I'm just, like, getting these confused. I swear to God I can, like, close my eyes and picture this this combo DVD pack that had... They, it would have been, like, uh, anime, anime yeah. not CG. But, uh, like, a combo pack that had both of those at it at my blockbuster that i would always look at yeah Gonz, um, gonzo is 2016 okay well it'll warrant further investigation but for now that was our episode on demon lover and <laughs> mostly anime we talked a lot about anime on that hell yeah one. and oppenheimer um hold which, on you know, I'm, I'm looking there's a connection up. there i'm looking this up the gantz anime i think was like 2004 so maybe you did see it yeah because that was um I swear to God, like, this is just, this is one of those memories in my head uh, that maybe I'll never get an answer for. That's just living and getting older. Appleseed's good as hell, dude. The first, the first manga I ever read was my dad giving me issues of Appleseed and Dominion, which are both by Masamune Shiro. And he skipped over the part where he did Ghost in the Shell, and I had no clue what Ghost in the Shell was <laughs> for many years after that. But Appleseed and Dominion are fucking awesome. Holy shit. Hell yeah. I wonder if I still have some of those issues first manga i ever read was the like fucked up dark pokemon one where they had guns really cool like pal world that game that's about to come out no like there was an original pokemon manga um and it was like you know just the plot of pokemon but sometimes they'd be like give me your pokemon bitch and the guy would pull a gun on him. oh that's cool that rules yeah should we wrap this up what we hour yes. 14 talked about this I was, movie for only half of it i was i was attempting to wrap it up yeah <laughs> That's that. (laughs) All right, bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.